time it is you heard the music you clicked on the link to listen to this and unless you have like auto download and you just play your uh, <laughs> podcast as they come in but it's it's scaring is sharing time yep it's a podcast where we share spooky news and frightful views with each other and you about all things horror <laughs> that's it happy holidays jeremy happy for us almost new year but when folks are listening to this it will indeed if all things go well the way we're supposed to exactly (laughs) Uh, if if we don't have you know like a ghostbusters 2 situation or something and it's the end of the world tonight which is new year's eve we're recording right now so (laughs) does that i don't remember the second one is that take place on new year's eve yeah the second one's new year's eve where uh uh, vigo the carpathian from inside the portrait in the new york uh, art museum is gonna destroy the world and I'm not surprised you know this because you are Jeremy, the original Sasquatch Slim Rusk. And you are Brandy Joe Planbeck, the flaming Scream Queen. Yes, we are. Hello. We're here. <laughs> we're here. We're back. You know, yeah, we were gone for a week. Yep. We're back. We're back and better than ever. Doing what we do. <laughs> so I just have to say this because I don't think I said the last time um, that this happens because it's happened twice. But when we recorded last week, my we did one long episode and mm-hmm. my microphone was not on. So I recorded through my computer and I'm a perfectionist and I just could not have that. So I had to re-record the entire episode like by listening to myself and then recording and bantering off of you. <laughs> Which is so hard to do. You know, it's not hard, except I have to talk a little quieter just to hear myself, to know what I'm saying, and I have to time things out. And Mm -hmm. to laugh when it's not in the moment is very difficult, I got to say. I'm an actor, but it's very difficult. But Yeah, it's like you you had to do, uh, uh, what do you call it, Uh, automatic dialogue replacement, as they call it in uh, uh, the film industry. So. If you thought in the last episode I might have been um, inhabited by a robot, I was, in a sense. And it, and it fit with the movie, so, you know. <laughs> That's right. It was better than the movie, I dare say. Uh, and if you've never listened to us before, all that shit I just said doesn't even matter. Uh, but go back and, and check it out. Uh, but Jeremy and I just talk about scary movies and scary things and news and shit like that. And then we assign a movie to the other person they've not seen before. And then we take a brief break and we talk about them. Mm-hmm. That's what we do. We watch Jeremy, those movies and when yeah. we come back and give our thoughts on them. So That's right. We really do. And, you know, for the most part, we've been on a roll, but... It goes back and forth, it, you know, and you just never can tell. Sometimes never you can. give something to the other person you know is bad, and you just want to hear what they think of it. Sometimes you have these fond memories of something you used to watch, and you rewatch it, and you're like, wow, nope. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> uh, and sometimes they hold up. Sometimes they're still classics. So, Yeah, and since it is the beginning of the year, as you're all listening to this, what we like to do is what we call horror tops and bottoms. I don't remember if that's what we call it, but that's what I'm calling it. Yeah, that's what we've started calling it, and it just works. So we're going with it. Tops and bottoms. Mm -hmm. Welcome. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) 
So first of all, I want to give just analytic wise how things broke down with our three most popular episodes and our three episodes that um, were least listened to. And this year we actually in the for the bottoms, we have a a tie for. So I'm doing four episodes that were like the four. Yeah, got it. (laughs) So the episodes that were listened to the absolute least were. Christmas I have some bloody guesses. Christmas. You have oh get well. I've just given you one, but tell me. Yeah, well, Christmas bloody Christmas makes sense because it just happened. It so, just happened, but still, I'm fine if it stays right where it's at. Yeah, I I was gonna say I, I assumed the voices because I remember you said something about that, and I bet you it's still in the bottom. It is. It tied with Christmas bloody Christmas, and Lauren, like, of course, don't take that personally because I think it's just an older movie and a movie no one really watched to begin with. You know, mm-hmm. um, I'm not gonna say no one. Lauren watched it and recommended it to us, and we actually enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think either one of us absolutely loved it, but it, I'm glad we watched it, and I we love viewer suggestions. If you're a guest or if you're not. A guest mm-hmm. uh, so yeah i'm really glad we watched it but yeah it just didn't resonate with the viewers out there the listeners the listeners yeah and coming in the second to last place was also a tie and so i'm just gonna do these four as the bottoms and do you have any guesses there oh let me think about it maybe it's always random shit too it that is. i can never guess because i was gonna say like the ghoulies episode or something like that ghoulies three nope Nope. Nope. Okay. <laughs> so another one, um, please don't feel bad, friend of the podcast and guest, but Lake Mungo and Pontypool. <gasps> really? Ethan, yep. Ethan's suggestions oh. to us. And that episode tied with our episode about men. The mm. the 2022 film with Jesse Buckley. Men men doesn't surprise me because I feel like that movie like came out. People didn't even realize it was out. When it was out, like I, I feel like it kind of landed with a thud, even though I feel we both rather enjoyed it, but it seemed to have minimal impact, I'll say, in the like wider world. Yeah. And I mean, I was a little surprised about Lake Mungo and Pontypool. A, I am too. It was a great episode with Ethan. But also, I think that both of those movies have a little bit of a cult following. So, I mean, especially Lake Mungo. I thought Lake Mungo would pull in some people because that definitely seems to be like a cult hit on the internet. Yeah, but it just it just didn't um doesn't resonate. But mm. you know, that there we go. That those are our bottoms and mm-hmm. the tops. Do you know what three sit right rain at the top? That's okay. The well, I'm tops. gonna do it. Uh, I, I'm gonna say it's probably gonna surprise us because it always does <laughs> every time we look at these ghoulies three. I bet it's in the top. <laughs> you are wrong. Okay, good, 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 good. Silent Night, uh, Deadly Night 4, did it make it? No. Oh, okay. So, well, and of course, now that I've done this, I wonder if I should have done it a little differently. But our top three episodes, because that's what they are, the top three. So I guess it doesn't really that's matter. Fine. But that's fine. They are all new releases. Oh, okay. So okay. coming in third place was Scream 5. Okay, cool. In parentheses, 5. Cool. Uh, coming in second place was The Black Phone. Uh-huh. And then coming in first place, our most listened to episode ever, Halloween Ends. Like, just whoa, well above everything else. Wow, that's <laughs> that cool. wild. Yeah, that is wild. So, yeah, people love the new releases, except if it's men. Although we didn't listen to men right when it came out either. Yeah, that's that would probably, I think that's what made a difference is we watched it and recorded that episode like after it had already done its theatrical run. So, yeah. But yeah, so those are our tops. The and you know, 
that's I guess you know people watch them and the weekend they come out and then they're looking online for podcasts to listen to and maybe we snagged a person or two who just happened to come on and listen to one of those episodes and maybe they're with us today. I hope. I hope I mean, everybody stays yeah. <laughs> coming back. Keep coming back. So the other fun thing we like to do, I mean, you know, this is our second year of doing it, but Jeremy and I like to give our the from the movies we shared with one another, our mm-hmm. favorite three the other person gave us and the least favorite three the other person gave us. Yes. So, and these I didn't include in, I mean, you could do whatever you want, Jeremy, but I didn't include any movies that we both hadn't seen before, like that we went to the movie theater to see. Mm-hmm. Movies that guests gave us were included in my list. You'll find out whether they're a part of that or not. But uh-huh. I, so however you did it is correct. Cool. Um, so I think I'm, we start with the bottoms. I'm already ready to go, or almost ready to go. You go first with your bottoms. Okay, so I'm going to do my third least favorite down to my absolute least favorite, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Like, so how out of however many movies, let's just say there's 50, I'll do 48, 49, and 50. I'm, I don't know if those are the numbers. So my third least favorite film you gave to me. Although, you know what? I think we both hadn't watched it, so I've already sort of broken my rules, but that's fine. Um, you'll sense a theme here. This was Leprechaun Returns. Oh, okay. Yep. Which Got it. was a fine film. Not great, but just I don't need that again. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. What is your number three least favorite? My number three least favorite. Shit, I just ran through. <laughs> oh, the, uh, oh, good God. Yeah, okay. I'm going to say my number three was a Serbian film. <laughs> oh, that, that, that tracks. That's, yeah. I mean, I'm back and forth thinking about this damn thing because it's one of those movies that makes me want to give it more like credit and more. You know, uh, 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 people on the internet make me want to like it more, but at the end of the day, I'm like, nah. It's just Are a those movie. people on the dark web, Jeremy? It's, yeah, it's everybody deep in the dark <laughs> web. No, it's, uh, it, you know, you go on Letterboxd and the discourse is crazy about that movie. Like, it's one of those movies where when you look at the graph <laughs> of the ratings, they're mm-hmm. all either like half star or five star. Like, there's, it's just a big whoop, like dip in the middle. So, uh yeah i'm gonna go serbian film because i just don't feel the need to ever watch it again yeah and i've watched it too many times and every time like the first time i watched it i definitely was like oh my god yeah this is so well done and oh i Mm -hmm. just i didn't like love it but i I definitely was in the camp of like oh if you like fucked up stuff you should watch this and then the the second third fourth time i don't know i probably watch it four times or so yeah but oh my god this last time i was like wow no yeah, never it's a, again it's a gimmick that wears thin i think quickly yep, yep. So, so there you go yep, yep i'll go with that all right well my second least favorite film again you'll the theme is is um rich here is ghoulies three ghoulies go to college yeah that makes sense <laughs> that makes so, sense so if you can only imagine horror franchises that don't need to be franchises or rather the franchises went on too long or got a little long in the tooth or whatever but that's my second least favorite film yeah seemingly ghoulies ran out of gas with number two but two <laughs> was better than one so but two was better than one yep and then they made a couple more so yeah yep Okay. What was your second least uh, favorite? Second least favorite. I'm going to go with, because uh, this was one both of us hadn't seen. 
when we okay. watched it, and that was Veronica. I almost forgot about it because <laughs> it was so just bad. Uh, yeah. I almost forgot we had even watched it, but Glenn Danzig's Veronica. I know, and I debated putting that on there, but I didn't for the rules that I set up for myself. But you hadn't seen Leprechaun Returns, had you? I hadn't seen that either. See, so. and I thought for some reason you had, but as I we were starting today, I'm like, oh, I don't think that was right. Because Veronica belongs at the bottom of this list. If I could go back in time, I would swap it for Leprechaun Returns because it yep. is definitely worse. Yep, I, and I'm breaking the rules a little bit, I think. so. No, that's fine. I, I think that that's, yeah, it was really bad. Mm-hmm. Like talk about a horrible movie and not one that's any fun to watch. No. Maybe in certain circumstances, but yeah, maybe. Maybe, maybe all I can think is like if I ever revisit it, it will need to be with like a group of friends who are all seasoned in watching bad movies. So, yeah. you know, we're ready to go uh, and watch how horrible this thing is. But totally. yeah, not just to sit down and pop that on. It's not any fun. And I bet you can imagine what Miley's favorite is. I bet you we have the same one, <laughs> actually. <laughs> I bet we do. And if I had to guess, I was going to say Thanks Killing 3. Yep. That's it. That's my worst, oh, too. I, I, I can't not put it on the list as the worst oh. thing. The worst thing we watched this oh, past year. Hell, it was bad. That was so bad. It's one of my few on Letterboxd. I only have about a dozen movies. I've rated a half star, and that is one of them. So Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yep, please don't watch it, anybody. And if you have, my condolences. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, But for my top films, I definitely didn't include anything that we both saw together because most of those things were things that came out this year. And Mm -hmm. I'm also going to do my top 10 list just that I have for for movies of 2022. So um, I didn't include any of those. But Mm -hmm. do you start us off? What was your third favorite your number three most favorite film. My number three most favorite that I'd never seen. You didn't actually yeah. sign it, but a okay. guest did. That's going to be Lake Mungo. All right. Yeah, because that uh, I don't I'm not sure I rated it like particularly like I think I gave it four stars, if I remember, mm-hmm. which is respectable. But again, it's one of those ones where I keep having these movies where my initial reaction is like, I liked it, but I don't know if I liked it that much. And then as time has gone on, I keep thinking about the movie and I'm like, I like it more and more the more I think about it. So there you go. Yeah, it's a good one. And I, one that's grown on me over time. I like it more and more. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number three is Coraline. <gasps> wow i know I'm i definitely surprised. would like to watch it again and i really yeah. liked it the the other mother or whatever she's called yep the other so mother fucking creepy yeah uh, so yeah Coraline stuck with me cool yeah all right my number two then eh yeah um for a long time i i was actually thinking through a lot of uh well at least since i watched it through the rest of the year this past year i thought this was going to be my number one most favorite that you assigned me, but actually it was supplanted by another movie. Oh, but supplanted. Yes. What a word. I think that's the right word. Well, we don't sounds know. Sounds good. I it like sounds it. good enough. Uh so number two is the vanishing. Oh yes. Yeah, that yes. was that was something else. Oh yeah. That is a fucking good ass movie. If you've not seen it, you must. It is Siaga. Just don't watch the current one, please. Whatever you do. All right, uh, my number two, which was a big surprise for me, was Night of the Demon, 1957. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I love it oh, yeah, so yeah. much. That is, that is a, that's like a sleeper hit, I think. I think that's a movie that's 
everyone that sees it is always like, oh, it's this really good old movie. Nobody like talks about too much. It's slightly obscure. It's your profile has been raising in recent years, but I think it's ready to blow up as like a cult favorite. Yeah, it's fucking good. Uh, so please watch it. I so I have a guess on what your number one is. Do you? Do you want to do you want to do it and see? I'm if gonna you're right? guess and see if I'm right. Okay. We're all going to the World's Fair. Oh, not no. Quite. Not okay. Because I know you liked it a lot, but it's also, I wouldn't necessarily put it right up at the top either. Yeah. But I just, I knew you, I think you rated it really high. I did rate it really high. I really liked it. But no, actually, my number one is Barbarian. Oh. Yeah. Nice. You know what I'm actually looking back, surprise didn't make your top three? Mm. Terrifier 2. You're right. Because that. <laughs> That 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 was also incredible. Those are like those are like runners up. Both okay. of those guesses I think would be strong contenders for a runner up category. But yeah, Barbarian that just oh. that just slapped so hard when oh, yeah. I watched it, and you know I was all about it. So I was like, this is my favorite. I think he's given me this year. It was just the perfect movie for me to watch. That's awesome. Well, I'll just quickly run through my top ten because this past week. Wait, what I was did- your number one? Oh my God, you're right. <laughs> my number one. Do you have a guess? I don't. Because you got Night of the Demon. That was something I thought would be a contender. But yeah, I'm, I'm totally. My blanking. number one is one that I should have watched long ago. And that is Young Frankenstein. Wow. Our number ones are the same episode. Oh, they young, are? Yeah, it was our Halloween. It was Young oh Frankenstein and Barbarian. That is amazing. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so fucking great. Um, so, yeah. And if you, you know what? You can go back. Those episodes are, you know, alive and well in the world. So go back and check them out if you're like, oh, I like that movie. Or, oh, that movie sounds so bad. I have to hear more about it. Mm-hmm. And check it out. Go through our library. Um, let's see here. So before I get to my top 10, I did, as you know, I, I talked about in the last episode, I was really trying to, like, breeze through a bunch of films that I like needed to see before I could do my top 10 and all of the movies that I watched in like the last two weeks. Like, I think I watched like 10 horror films, not a single one of them cracked the top 10, (laughs) Mm. but I think last time, I think I mentioned piggy. I think that was the last thing I talked about. So I also watched a wounded fawn Mm -hmm. um, on shutter. It's, it's very good. I just, it, I don't, there's like two acts to it. And I wasn't mm-hmm. as crazy about the second act. Um, another one I think that's also on Shutter is Sissy, which lots of people have been talking about. Mm. And it was fine. Well made. It was fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mad God, which I saw you last week and told you, you have to watch that movie yep. because it's right up your alley. Very well done, but just not something that resonated with me. I could definitely, I was definitely impressed by it, but um, didn't love it. And then the next two I really liked, but just not top 10 material. One is You Won't Be Alone, which is sort of a witch sort of movie. Mm -hmm. Um, Our fellows over at It's Only a Podcast, I'm pretty sure neither one of them really liked this movie, if I remember correctly, but I really liked it. It was really good. Just not top 10 material. It definitely is. It's like a horror movie, but it's like if you're also into just, I don't know, it's, it's not, there's definitely horror elements, but it almost feels just like a drama too sort of a mm-hmm. shape-shifting drama. And then I watched Crimes of the Future. Oh, which, yeah. 
was very good, but again, just didn't fully resonate with me. Like I wasn't like, oh yeah, top ten. Like mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that was fun and interesting. And I watched about five YouTube videos about it to like fully grasp everything. Grasp that was what was on. going on. Yeah, I know. I still have that one earmarked. Being such a Cronenberg fan, I know. I'm like I, I, uh, I saw it's on Hulu. It's readily available. Is it? Oh, yeah, wow. I gotta watch it. Okay. So I'll just quickly go through my top ten because you've seen all of them. <laughs> oh, <laughs> which okay. is a rare where that rare is a rarity thing. yeah because <laughs> i've as the years gone on i've given you all of these that i watched and you hadn't seen yet yeah so my number 10 is we're all going to the world's fair which mm-hmm. i enjoyed number nine is prey oh yeah number eight is hailbender okay just great number seven is the black phone number six is scream in parentheses five uh number five is fresh i should have swapped those just have scream five be in fifth place but i didn't that's the way it went people are loving fresh too i'm seeing it in a lot of year-end lists for uh like um best movies if the list is long enough for like oddities and you know surprise things fresh is making a lot of lists good because it's very there's a similar vibe to a wounded fawn but fresh feels so much fresher Mm. uh my number four is barbarian cool my number three is Terrifier 2. Ooh. My number two is a tie with X and Pearl. Just because it's, I couldn't pick what I wanted to put. I had so many movies I wanted to fit in the top 10. So, mm-hmm. like, it was fun to, I was like, I'm just going to combine them, even though yep. I know they're different movies. But I've seen lots of people do that too. But mm-hmm. more than anything in these top 10 lists that are coming out, most people like X more. And as time has gone by, I feel like Pearl seems to sit with me a little higher. Like, if I had to rank the two individually. Mm-hmm. And my number one is Watcher. Cool. Micah Monroe. That was really good. So good. I'm but seeing that lot, yeah. in a lot of lists too. Yeah. Watcher. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. And not enough people watch it. My honorable mentions, Deadstream, No Exit, Orphan First Kill, Men, Bodies, 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 Nope, The Innocents, Nanny, and Bones and All. That's a lot of honorable mentions. That's a lot. Yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, this was a fucking great year for horror. I gotta say, it was one of the best that I can ever remember. Yeah, and I do, off the top of my head, have a, I can do a top three Please. that we saw in theaters together. Okay. Because I, I did that for my list. I excluded, I at least excluded theatrical stuff we saw together in the okay. theater. Okay. Uh, and I think my top three would be X- at number three, number two will be, would be Pearl. Okay. Uh, and then number one, uh, oh my God, I just blanked. The oh, black yeah. phone? The black phone. Yeah, the black phone, obviously. I had to throw that in there because that was so freaking good. And your brother sent me, you got some very cool Christmas presents. Yes, my brother got me, it's a Halloween mask of the mask from the black phone. Were uh, there two of them? No, it, it is interchangeable. There's a top oh. half, and then it has two different mouthpieces that oh, you can wear. Fuck yeah, bro! So it's got the it's got the blank, uh, no mouth, and then it has the smile. Oh, the no mouth, you know me and no faces and stuff. That's yeah, creepy so. as fuck. Oh my god, Bert! Great presents. Great presents. I had no idea that that was something I would be no clue so when i saw it i was like what the hell is this oh that's awesome uh i do have a thing i I guess i haven't realized it i collect masks i have a lot of like halloween masks and stuff um i need to get like i was like i need those uh you know those display heads that you put Mm -hmm. like wigs on and stuff i need to get a bunch of those and just display all my masks i'm really bummed there was someone on 
Etsy who was selling the possessor melted face as a mm. mask. Mm -hmm. And it was so creepy. Like, I mean, even if you haven't seen possessor, if you've seen the poster, it is like this melted face is like Andrea Riseborough is like, can you know, sort of in her head when she's going between bodies or whatever. And it's so creepy looking. And it's always like, looked like some sort of creepy witch and mm -hmm. he had it. And then it sold. And I wrote him and I was like, if you ever do another one, will you let me know? And he's like, yeah, of course. And, then I went back and asked him, like, you know, are you ever going to do it? And he's like, oh, I did, and I sold it. And I was like, well, you told me, let me know. It's not his <laughs> fault; it's mine. But yep, fuck. Um, but I want one. I don't. I don't know what I do with it. I mean, I have horror things all over, but I'd have to get one of those like heads. And that, yep. like, I have lots of horror art, but it looks like art, and that just looks scary. And I bet people would be frightened. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Speaking of gifts, of course, for the holidays, did you get anything else horror-related that was I cool? I did not, no. but I have a birthday coming up, so, you know, maybe it'll be a birthday filled with horror. Yeah, I, I have to shout out to both my wife and, again, my brother. Uh, I think two of my, fav my favorite gifts I got was from my wife. I got the A24 sells hardback books oh, yeah. of some of their screenplays. Mm -hmm. And she got me the hereditary uh, screenplay Saw book. that. Have you, uh, like, is it straight up the movie? Is there stuff in it that's not in the movie? I started flipping through and um, it looks like some of the dialogue might be different here or okay. there from what I can remember. Like, you know, this must be the, I think it's the shooting script. But um, another thing that uh, surprised me is how much Ari Aster uh, describes things like there are huge chunks that are just, you know, describing the visuals you would be seeing. And I'm like, that's usually, but, but, but since he wrote and directed it, that makes sense to me. Cause usually a screenwriter doesn't get that descriptive because they leave that to the director. You're mostly just writing, uh, you know, the visual cues and then the dialogue. But yeah, this is, it's pretty dense for a screenplay. What's in there. There's just like pages and pages of like, and then in this scene, then this shot, then this shot. Um, and then it's also got a selection of stills, like the director of photographies, like various stills and them commenting on it. It's got an introduction by Bong Joon-ho in the beginning, talking about how good of a movie it is. Like it's, uh, it's cool. That's uh, awesome. And then for my brother, another book, I got Garth Marenghi's Terror Tome, uh, which um, I think I talked about it before in the past. It's like a cult British uh, television series that only went for one season. Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, oh, yeah. uh -huh. which is uh, Matt, Matthew Holness is the actual actor comedian's name but garth Marenghi is a character he made that's like a spoof of stephen king and like pulpy you know uh, mm -hmm. television series but he's brought the character back and he now wrote an actual novel uh in character uh as garth Marenghi. so i'm excited to read that you would love that yeah it's so many layers to that <laughs> joke uh right there but i can't wait to read it that is amazing uh well we have some telegrams. let's let's read them yeah let's get to them uh let's see uh first up i will read we have one from uh teacher drew <clears throat> yeah yes teacher drew and teacher drew writes and says hey guys episode 111 so much to talk about you commented on your style of banter let me say that i like most of your listeners love your easygoing friendly unpretentious style of banter it pulls us in welcoming us to a safe and comfortable space connection is more important than ever thanks for what you do heart emoji 
Thank you, Teacher Drew. Uh, we are currently on Christmas break, and I've been busy putting together my list for 2022. What a glorious time for horror. Speaking of glorious, did you ever see it? It didn't make my best of list, but it is certainly memorable. I've been able to catch up on some movie watching. I was really late to the party for Crimes of the Future, but really glad I finally made it. If it was the first episode in a series, I would be hooked. I wanted to explore that world further. I also saw The Menu. I was pleasantly surprised. I have to say Anya Taylor-Joy, like Mia Goth, is always mesmerizing. Violent Night was good fun for a mindless, bloody Christmas movie. David Harbour is perfect as the bad Santa character, and I appreciated the dark take on the Home Alone booby traps. Friend of the podcast, Lauren, asked about the best and worst adaptations. Of course, I have to weigh in. One of my favorites, hard to keep it to just one, is the Hellbound Heart. I'm a huge Clive Barker fan, and Hellraiser was sublime. My least favorite, I'll ignore the blatant plagiarisms of high tension, is my hot take on The Shining. The novel was one of the scariest reads from my childhood. The added comedy and the misguided plot changes ruined it for me. I'm off to watch Christmas Bloody Christmas, so till next time, happiest of New Year's. Stay happy, stay healthy, stay you. Love, Teacher Drew in Phoenix. Thank you, Teacher Drew, and I'm sorry about Christmas Bloody Christmas. I'm sorry for your loss. <laughs> I also, uh, it's funny that he mentioned that, because currently I am rereading, because I read it many years ago, The Hellbound Heart. Oh, fun. Uh, and it, it is really good. Uh, and the first Hellraiser is an incredible adaptation of it because, I mean, Clive Biker wrote the novel. He got to adapt his own novel. So, yeah, the, the movie Hellraiser is an amazing adaptation. When you read the original novel, you can see uh, there's minor details that are different. But overall, you're like, oh, yeah, he captured everything he was trying to do. Uh, the Cenobites are a little more vague uh, in the novel. But the details are there. So then when you watch the movie, you're like, oh, yep, yep. He captured the various like he tried to it, it, when you read the novel, you're like each one of them is supposed to have a very striking like disfigurement or something mm -hmm. about them that, oh, they translated that very well to the screen. So, yeah. And I think when he's talking about high tension and it's plagiarism, I think that that is in regards Dean, to intensity. Yep, yeah, intensity, which I was going to say, that's another thing where high tension is i think they didn't they have to pay dean Koontz? i think oh i don't know i believe they did but they kind of like when it came out they sort of obfuscated the fact that it is like an adaptation of dean Koontz. like they never straight said it but most people were like no you you were inspired by his novel clearly which intensity is a way better book than high tension yeah i mean i remember it being very but like intensity doesn't have like the twist on it does it and it's like home invasion no. is like such a thing. I don't think it had like a lesbian couple in it. So I feel mm. like there's enough differences that you could very easily be like, um, no, this is my own thing. Yeah, you could. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think that the twist was pointless oh. in, in high tension. Like it, you could have just left it what intensity played out as, as this really gritty home invasion slasher revenge story. Yeah, the twist is uh, the worst. One of my least favorite ever. Mm -hmm. uh, but Teacher Drew, thank you. Yeah, Violent Night, I have not seen. I think I'll save it for next year. Did not watch Glorious. I didn't think it would make my list, so I didn't get around to it. I sort of keep forgetting about it, too. I don't even know uh, what Glorious is. It's that one with the glory hole. Oh! Or rather, yeah. it's just a bathroom, but I think there is like a glory. That's I think it. it's like a rest stop bathroom. That one. Got it. The yep. Lovecraftian one. 
Yep, yep. The one I heard was pretty amusing. But... It seems up your alley. Yeah, I got to check it out at some point. Yeah, and I hadn't thought about it, but what Teacher Drew says about um, Crimes of the Future is true. Like, it really could be a, a really cool series. Mm-hmm. And um, and I did like their... Well, never mind. I'm not going to say any more about it. But I, yeah, I really liked it. It was a really well-made movie. Um, I love those movies that you're just in a different world than the world we know, mm-hmm. and it doesn't force feed it to you. Like it can be a little like, am I? What am I missing? What is exactly happening here? What do these people do? Mm-hmm. Like that can be a little frustrating. But if you just sort of let yourself get into it and try to absorb as much as you can, it can be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm hoping Cronenberg continues to do films uh, like that, back to body yeah. horror. Yeah, and science fiction. He keeps saying that he was going to do a remake of his fly, mm-hmm. which and I think is still said that it's in the works. Like it's still a possibility, but he's been saying it for years now. So, and the interesting thing about that, because I forgot that, but often in this, and this is not a spoiler at all, just FYI. But often during this, when a character is walking around, you'll hear the buzz of a fly. Like I kept hearing it and I'm like, oh, how's the fly going to play into this? Not like the movie, the fly, but just like I kept hearing the buzz of a fly. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if it was just like his way of being like, it's coming back. Yeah, I hope so. (laughs) I hope he finally does it. I think that would be a cool uh, redo. Yeah. But teacher Drew, thank you for writing in. And yes, I loved Lauren's question was, which was about favorite adaptations and least favorite. Um, So thanks for weighing in on that. And Yes, I'm excited. I know Teacher Drew always writes into um it's only podcast 666 episode, six favorite films, six least favorite films, and six films that you hadn't seen before. So some of mine that I've talked about today will also be um I did write into them for the first time, which is fun because they've had, I don't know, six or seven. I think this might be their seventh 666 episode, mm-hmm. um, which is a, a total blast. But Teacher Drew always writes into them with that list. So I'm excited to hear his as well. Cool. Yeah, now you have another one for us. Yes, from uh, our uh, listener, Lauren. Yes, Lauren. asked the very question that Teacher Drew responded to. Uh, and Lauren writes, Since you both spent a lot of energy ragging on Blair Witch 2, Book of Shadows, let it be known that despite how great it is to have a partner who also loves horror, there is a downside when they love movies that are often maligned. My husband loves Blair Witch 2 and is a staunch defender of other unpopular movies such as Nick Cage's Ghost Rider and Ben Affleck's Daredevil. Fortunately for him, I have the superhuman ability to emotionally shrug off movies that others find offensively bad, and I love him, so I forgive him. <laughs> That's like me with my husband loving thinking Scream 3 is the best scream. Yeah. I love him and I'll forgive him. <laughs> yes. Because yep. Blair Witch 2, that's a rough ticket to defend. I don't know why anyone's yeah. trying to. It's like a mess. Uh, and those other ones she mentions, like the Ghost Rider with Nick Cage and the Daredevil movie with Ben Affleck, those are pretty, from what I remember, not good. Yeah. No, they, I mean, <laughs> I have not seen them, but I can't imagine they are. As far as superhero movies go, they're not good adaptations. There you go. And Lauren also wrote in and just sent over asking about if we'd seen The Deep House or Dude Bro Party Massacre 3. And I haven't seen either, but they both sound fun for different reasons. Yeah, Dude Bro Party Massacre 3, I know, has floated around on like streaming services. I've seen it recommended to me. Um, I vaguely know a little bit about it. Like it's one of those sort of like the gimmick thanks killing three took where they were like, mm-hmm. it's supposed to appear as if it's a later in a series of like movies that actually don't exist you know before it so 
And I know James A. Janice covers it, I'm pretty sure. So yeah, and I think I think he was a fan of it. If I remember. and I mean, you know, I like when the the male gaze is reversed a little bit, and I yep. think that it's a little bit of that because most of the you know most things take place in a sorority house with you know a bunch of girls running around without their shirts on. So I would like to see how the tables are turned. Yeah, I understand. It's a little bit like the uh, Slumber Party Massacre remake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that where, sounds where fine. they where they sort of flipped it. Also, Lauren sent in some pictures because uh, she and her partner got a um, ghost face photo signed by Skeet Ulrich and Matthew Lillard for their daughter. Isn't that awesome? <gasps> Whoa! And there's pictures of her daughter like looking at it and then being like, "What? It's <laughs> awesome." I'm like, "That's pretty cool, Lauren. You're good parents." Mm-hmm. So yeah, thanks for writing in. We love our elite friend of the podcasts, but we also love just friends of the podcast. So mm-hmm. if you want to write to us, scaring and sharing at gmail.com or slide into our Insta, scaring and sharing, all one word. Jeremy, I have not had any news. I've been in New York. Um, mm-hmm. I just saw shows. We saw Sleep No More. I think I got the same one-on-one that you did, the little nurse in the hut who fed you tea. Yes. Yes, I had her. Oh, that was so the I one had a I had. One-on-one. And I was like, I think this is the one Jeremy had. Yep. It's the <laughs> one I had. Uh, and then like I think I told you, I, I like I got that one-on-one. I'm like, this is awesome. And then when I left there, I like missed a bunch of other stuff because I like ran ahead to that level uh, and then worked backwards. And then I just kept missing like all the other like events. So yeah, Sleep No More is like this immersive thing that takes place in this giant warehouse. It's so awesome. I love it. I took my husband. I was really worried he was going to hate it. He did not hate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was sort of like, I don't really know what I just experienced, which is 100% kind of what it is, like, yeah. uh, until you've gone multiple times and read into it and things like that. Yeah, it's like a um, weird, from what I understand, it's an amalgamation of Shakespeare, specifically Macbeth, with Hitchcock. Specifically, uh, Rebecca. Yeah, Rebecca. Some just general film noir, mm-hmm. uh, and like a little bit of David Lynch, yeah, <laughs> sprinkled in there. Like those yes. are the influences of this thing, where you're just watching weird events transpire and characters just moving about this environment and sometimes they interact with you yep and it's definitely there's lots of horror elements there are people getting killed right in front of you there's people getting naked there's blood orgies where someone gives birth to a baby and someone wears like a like a cow head or something i can't remember what kind of head joe missed the blood orgy which made me sad yeah that was Um, that's one of the craziest parts definitely and you have to know about it to like find it but he knew where the room was like i just but I also wanted him to have his own experience, you know, I didn't want to like drag him around and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Um, and he was like all up in it, which I thought was really cool. Um, we also went and saw Harry Potter, which was his least favorite thing of all 10 things we saw. Oh, <laughs> like, wow. He did not enjoy it. Oh, no. <laughs> Here's the thing. I don't want to get too spoiler in case someone sees it, but there is some time travel in it. Which definitely feeds into why my husband did not like it as much, because that's, as I've talked about before, not an element that he's real crazy about. But it was so cool, because when time was traveled through, uh-huh. <laughs> I'm trying to be slightly vague, um, the theater would do this amazing thing with like lights and projections, where it was like, 
as if like like that ripple effect you see when there's like a time shift in movies Mm -hmm. like it's like whoosh and like the time has turned and there's been this like ripple in time and that like happens and i don't know how they do it but it is so fucking amazing and they did it like 10 times and i was just like i would watch a whole play of just that happening (laughs) that's cool but there were like people standing in cloaks and all of a sudden they're sucked through a telephone like the small hole in a telephone thing and there were people were swimming around it was quite the spectacle for sure Mm-hmm. Very exciting. I, I really liked it. It was not at the top of my list, uh-huh. but it was good and really gay. I gotta say, not outwardly gay, but like anyone in their right mind would be like, "Ah, oh, this is a fucking gay ass play." <laughs> There's some some gay love happening up there. Not sex, just gay love. That's very cool. Um, I have no other news either. Yeah, I didn't look into anything. Through through the holidays, I just kind of didn't see a whole lot. It's just, you know, a lot of a lot of articles being written about things that are already, you know, best Christmas horror movies. You know, I just saw a lot of that kind of stuff, but no new news per se. I did want to mention simply because uh Lauren and hers brought up superhero movies. Uh, and we saw this trailer about a billion friggin' times when we went to the theaters. I finally watched Black Adam. With oh, the Rock, God. Because it's on HBO Max. So I was like, I should check this out finally. It was okay. It was not the worst like superhero movie, but it definitely was nothing special. Uh, okay. I can see a lot of the news I've been following is with uh, Warner Brothers and their superhero slate because they they like rebooted everything. Uh, let go a bunch of actors and they're starting from scratch again with a whole new like universe of superhero movies so okay that's just that's just part of their inner turmoil of uh, the fact that warner brothers got up by discovery nobody knows what's going to be the future uh i really like hollywood uh politics like that so i Mm -hmm. I like to read into those things because it's like yep warner brothers i mean that's a real horror story right there. What's going on with them? You know, because <laughs> they're one of the oldest studios in the U S so it does make me feel kind of like, Oh, poor, poor guys, such a prestigious studio. That's now just getting thrown around between bigger companies. And nobody seems to know what to do with it or want them at the moment. So. Yeah, that's too bad. Yeah. Hmm. You just keep reading about the layoffs and stuff and you're mm-hmm. like, Oh, all those, those poor people working there. Just, they, uh, they're working for a sinking ship. It looks like. So hopefully, uh. Hopefully they get themselves figured out and can start making some good movies again. Here's hoping. Mm-hmm. Well, shall we get to our shares? Yeah, let's do it. Let's get to the shares. All right. Okay. I think it is my turn. So I think Silent Night, Deadly Night 4 Initiation yep. was the last one. You're correct. You go first. And so I'm giving you an oldie, but a goodie question mark. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if it is. But I'm excited to watch it again. And I'm giving you Scream for Help from 1984. Scream for Help. Yes. Yeah, I don't even know what this is. Shockingly, because I'm pretty well versed on older movies. Um, So it's probably part of the 80s, like, slasher boom, I imagine. Um, Maybe it's not a true slasher, but I'm sure it's got elements and it's probably like a murder murder mystery so uh that's what i'm gonna go with it's some kind of murder mystery uh somebody's getting stalked by some sort of killer uh and their true nature will be revealed by the end all right i'm gonna go with that that. i'm also giving you an old movie a very 
very old movie. Oh no. That is uh well we're going into 2023. It's about to be 101 years old. Oh boy. Uh and that is a flick called Hakeson. Okay. And that is H A X A N. Okay. I think that it's witches. That's maybe Hexen or like something with a hex. But that's you know what I'm going to say witches. I'm going to say it's an mm-hmm. old witch movie. It's probably a silent film, I imagine, from that time frame. I'm going to say old, quiet witches burned upon the stake. And um, oh, I hope it's one of those short ones. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know anything about it, I think you'll be surprised by this thing. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I really don't know. I'm going to say witches. Um, and yeah, that's what I'm going with. Yeah, I had thought about this movie like over the years since the very beginning. This has been a movie I've thought about, I think, assigning you. Uh, And just recently I saw some uh, uh, just just randomly in the past week, uh, the British Film Institute, the BFI, had actually just uploaded on their YouTube channel a review of this movie. And I was like, there you go. It's the universe telling me to pick Hakeson as Hexen, Haxen. I'm trying to do it in the it's a it's a Danish word. So. Okay. The title, so Hakes, and I think is how you say it in Danish. But it's so weird when I pull it up in my little secret site. Mm-hmm. It doesn't pull up, but the one title that pulls up when I put it in is the Chronicles of Narnia, that line, the witch in the wardrobe. Oh, oops. Yeah, you, <laughs> it's you so weird. It's sometimes titled Witchcraft Through the Ages. Mm. Well, there you go. In English, so or just the witches in English, so. Yeah, I mean, I lately I've been watching lots of stuff on YouTube. Like, I mean, I'll pay for it, like mm-hmm. so I can have it for forty eight hours. But that's where I found so many things lately. Yeah, this this might even be on YouTube just for free because I think just it's old enough free. to be a might be a public domain flick at this mm-hmm. point. So there you go. Well, nice. I know we like witches, and we said we don't do enough of them. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to check it out and see what the hell it's all about. And I know you are pleasantly surprised by some of these silent films I give you. So yeah. I, I can be. Mm-hmm. So let's watch them and come back. Let's do it. Don't you blame the movies. Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos more creative. Okay, and this is the half of the show with the movie discussion. Yeah, and I cursed us by talking about my microphone issues in the first part. Yep, and now I'm having microphone (laughs) issues in this part. But I can still hear you, so that means they can still hear you. Which is all we can ask for. That's right. All right, so we're going to talk about the first movie. If you want to skip to the second one, just look in the um, the the note. The, I was going to say the production notes. Whatever. The podcast notes. The episode notes. There's a the name for it. Notes. Yeah, that's it. The footnotes. And you can see where to skip to. So I assigned to Jeremy this week, Scream for Help, which is from 1984 and directed by Michael Winner. And the tagline is, alone and afraid. Was she imagining or was it real? And the description on Letterboxd is, a teenaged girl discovers that her father is trying to murder her and her mother. But when she tells people, no one will believe her. Teenaged girl. That sounds so weird. Not a teenage girl, but a teenaged girl. Yeah, that does sound (laughs) weird. Also, this movie, holy wow. (laughs) <laughs> this is, I, it was not what I was expecting and 
and just constantly surprising me. So fucking dumb. But awesome. <laughs> yes. I read something on Letterboxd that said utter shit, but one of those gold plated kinds. <laughs> That's a, an amazing description. Also, the director of this, I had to go look him up. Uh, he directed the first three Death Wish movies with Charles Bronson, mm-hmm. uh, which are all absurd uh, and definitely have a similar vibe to this thing. And he directed The Sentinel. Yeah, I've not seen that. Which I, I have seen. Didn't like. But it was years ago, and I barely remember the movie, so I need to revisit that because I keep seeing it pop up on, you know, the 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 hardcore horror aficionados lists of like best movies you've never seen. The Sentinel always floats around, so it's sort of an Exorcist ripoff, really. But hmm. and written by Tom Holland. Oh, this movie was? Yes. Whoa, I didn't realize that. (laughs) Yep, which if you don't know, wrote Fright Night, Child's Play, Psycho 2. Yep. All right, this all makes sense. (laughs) This movie, once I know that, this movie seems perfect for you know for their filmographies the respective filmographies and like child's play this is about the protagonist is you know a young person um who like finds out something horrible and is trying to tell everyone around them and no one's believing them (laughs) that this horrible thing's happening okay can i say some mild spoilers here yeah because seriously this movie's just dumb go watch it and if their things are spoiled it does not even matter because i like that that tagline says like is it really happening or like makes you believe that you're going to question that? But like, no, the movies, the movie's reality straight up tells you it is happening. Yes. You know, like you believe it from the start and you're just like, why won't anyone believe this girl? Like the evidence is insurmountable (laughs) that something bad is going on. Yet the adults keep being like, stop being a dumb girl and won't listen to her, even though it's like obvious. And the music is so just feels so out of place, which did you read about that? The music it's scored. John Paul Jones from Led Zeppelin from Led Zeppelin. How weird is that? I know I had to look it up when the first like. I can't remember. I think I noticed it. You notice it in the first like 20 minutes or so. It's like when she gets on her bike and rides off and this like much too triumphant music is like (laughs) as she jumps on her bike and rides away. And you're like, what even is this music? And I looked that up and it's like, oh. John Paul Jones from Led Zeppelin scored this thing. So I don't yeah. even know. He, he, he probably didn't even watch the movie. It is like He's an like, after school fun. special or Nancy Drew, but with a lot of boobs. And, and a crack. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is so dumb, but just so much fun. Like I, I, I asked Joe to watch it with me because I'm like, I, I think you'll like it. And we definitely had quite a few good little laughs because it is just ridiculous. Like that whole segment where she's riding her bike and trying to follow him. And it just has, she has to keep doing it because she keeps losing him. I'm like, this is why, why are we taking so long with this? So dumb. But then there's the, again, since we're not going to care about spoilers, the moment where her friend is like, I'm pregnant also. And then the car just hits her. Yep. <laughs> it's like, and it happens in a split second. And I went, what? Out loud <laughs> as it happened. Like, oh my God. And they keep doing that. There's this constant, like, but that won't happen. We don't have to worry. And then the bad thing happens immediately after they finish that sentence. Like, it was just ridiculous that they kept doing that. And one point, the, the lead, Christy Cromwell, Com- whatever, Christy, is wearing like a shirt that says muffs on it. And I'm just like, wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah this, this entire movie is like, who was this made for? 
because if it didn't have like the sleaziness, like this would be a great teen like adventure movie from the eighties. Um, but instead they have like the sleaze dialed up to 11 and like the, the, the violence is like a factor there where you're like, okay, there's this portion that feels like it's for kids, but it isn't it. The, the kid focus makes it not quite like um, engaging for adults. I would think other than to see some of these ridiculous set pieces. I don't know. Yeah. It feels like if you mashed Nancy drew up with last house on the left or something like that, yes. that's this movie. It feel, yeah. Cause there's that sort of terrible threesome and yeah. they're, they very much feel like, like last house on the left yeah absolutely so this thing was just how'd you know about this is this like from your past or is this just something recently i mean the video box definitely with like the knife tearing through and it has like her little thing i think she says in the beginning like her journal entry Mm -hmm. and like her big eyes like i remember that so vividly from my youth but Mm -hmm. i this last year because i put this down um as one of my six like favorite new to me movies this past year because there was some special of like 80 slashers you never saw that you should or something and they just talked about like what fun it was and i was like i'll watch it and then i was just like wow this is so trashy that it's fun Mm -hmm. which isn't always an easy feat sometimes sometimes things are just bad and you don't want to watch them Mm -hmm. but this is but this this was just great yeah, there's like this part where her mom's in a wheelchair. She keeps getting like thrown around and pushed downstairs, and it's so fucking funny. Yeah, all of all of those set pieces are just ridiculous. When the one chick gets electrocuted at the fuse box. Oh yeah. Oh my god! And if it like if you put wacky sound effects on it, it could be from a Home Alone. Oh yeah, it's okay, like it's seems fake. like it should be like a mystery science theater three thousand movie. Yeah, like this is definitely something that I want to share with like my group of friends and be like, we should have a bad movie night. This will be at the top of the list. Like you guys have to see this thing because it is bad but wildly entertaining. It is so entertaining, and like there's the part where like towards the beginning when she just walks into this house, you don't know whose house, you know it's not hers because you've been in her house, but mm-hmm. she just opens the door and walks upstairs into her friend's bedroom, and her friend's having sex with Jake Dealey because some people have to have their first and last name always spoken. One uh-huh. is Paul Fox, who is her stepdad, yep. and the other one is Jake Dealey, who is her best friend's boyfriend, and soon her boyfriend. All then, too soon. Yeah, all too soon. I was like, what is going on? But she walks in on her friend and him having sex and her friend's boobs are just out. And you're like, you guys are in high school. Like, uh-huh. and also knock a, a on the person's house, the front door and B on the person's bedroom. If you just yeah. walk into the house. Insane. And then he just like brings the stereo like down into the kitchen and it's just like playing music for their conversation. It's like, what is happening? Why? It's almost like Tommy was so did an after school special. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a little got a little more competence behind like the direction and the writing, but yeah, yeah, it's not far off. This would be the sort of like I can see the sort of fevered uh, writing sessions where they're like, we're not sure what kind of movie we want to make, but let's cram every idea we have into this thing. Uh, and our starting point is after school special. Go. 
Yep. And there's this great line where like Christy is working on something. She's like, well, I know how to do this. And her mom's like, how? And she's like, shop. It's the best elective I ever took at school, even if all the other girls did laugh at me. <laughs> yeah. Which apparently in shop, they taught her how to like work with like, uh, you know, high voltage, uh, you know, uh, oh, yeah. some things. Yeah. Like a breaker box. Like, I don't think they teach you that in shop, but oh, well. <laughs> Especially like beginner shop. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it is just so dumb. There's a scene where she's driving and she's really not supposed to be. And like the the pedal gets like stuck or the brake won't work. And just like all the logistics of the whole scene are ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And And they they crash and he runs off. Yeah, and they do all the things too where like the brake's not working. And I was thinking like take the key out of the ignition to uh, stop the car, which they do. But then she's like, I was like, oh yeah, the power steering goes out as soon as you don't have the car on, so. I wouldn't think you'd be able to turn the key off if you couldn't put it in park. Uh, Some older cars, I think you could still, you could still get it out. See, when when he suggested that, I was like, that wouldn't work. It depends on the car. Okay. Although what you're saying is I know a safety feature that came in later so but maybe not until after 84 yeah maybe not until after 84 but but oh my god it is just so fucking dumb but yes just a, a good old good old time yeah what a blast and it was one of those movies where i was sitting there thinking too how i don't really care what happens to any of these characters or how this resolves but i am having a ton of fun sitting through it so and the end does feel a little bit like a dream, and then it's just not. Like, it feels <laughs> like she's going to wake up in the last Yeah, that's another part. one of those sequences where they're like, I think things are back to normal, but I don't know. We might have to keep looking over our shoulder. Oh, no! And then something happens, and you're like, oh, but as soon as they say it, it happens. Like, that's how this movie is. So I knew it was coming. Yeah, so, I mean, if you like trashy 80s movies, especially one, there's a lot of boobs, okay? There, I don't think you see a boy bot. You definitely don't see a boy peen, Mm-mm. but I don't think you see a boy butt, but you see a lot of boobs. So A lot of boobs in this one. If you like boobs, this is your movie. Yeah, check it out. But I don't like boobs, and I still liked it, so... It's still fun. It's just ridiculous. All right. Well, out of five um, fucked with voltage boxes... I don't know, what are those called? Uh, breaker box. Breaker boxes. Out of five... G- wait j- jinxed no rigged out of five rigged breaker boxes wow this was difficult how many would you give scream for help three and a half i'm giving it three and a half as well so there is one scare of approval scare of approval yes oh good i'm so i was really hoping the second time i was hoping i wasn't like crazy that it was as much fun as it is because i typically don't watch movies to completion when i'm watching them when they're bad i'm like okay i i don't want to waste my time but this one i did and i'm glad i did what a blast what a blast from the past all right so i guess we're on to hickson (laughs) which i'm not sure if i'm saying it right i've heard this movie pronounced Hexen, Hexen, Hexen. I'm totally at a loss as to what the actual uh, uh, Scandinavian uh, pronunciation is there, though roughly in English it means either the witches or just witchcraft, uh, depending on the translation. But anyway, from 1922, it's over 100 years old now. 
Hexen. Uh, it has no tagline, but the description is grave robbing, torture, possessed nuns, and a satanic Sabbath. Benjamin Christensen's legendary film uses a series of dramatic vignettes to explore the scientific hypothesis that the witches of the Middle Ages suffered the same hysteria as turn-of-the-century psychiatric patients. But the film itself is far from serious. Instead, it's a witch's brew of the scary, gross, and darkly humorous. Yes. I just looked it up on Google, and for what it's worth, it says Hoxon. Hoxon. Okay. Is how as I, how I listened to it being spoken in my ears. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, this movie is definitely fun. I the beginning is a little dry when it's mostly like paintings and things like that. Like cool, but like it, I felt like I was like too much time on that. Mm-hmm. But once the little reenactments started coming up, they looked so good. Like it looked like a modern film that was trying to pretend to be an old documentary. Yeah, it, Her silent film. that's the thing, too, uh, in case anyone's wondering, this is a documentary, like straight up, like this is the genre uh, that move this movie belongs in. But with those reenactments, that's where it toes the line into like horror movie territory. Totally. But when they get into that, it is it is fun. I mean, it is like an hour and 45 minutes. I was excited. When I first looked it up, I thought I read it was like an hour 15. But mm-hmm. ultimately, it's like an hour and 45 minutes. That's There's an alternate cut. Okay, well, I'm glad I watched a longer one. Yep, this is that. Yeah, what you watched, uh, what we both watched. This is the original movie from. Uh, uh, I guess it's technically a Swedish film because it was produced okay. by a Swedish film company, uh, Sphinx Film Industry, which is like the preeminent Swedish film movies uh, film studio in Sweden. But it was shot in Denmark by a Danish director. So. Some of the cool things from the beginning, though, when he's just sort of explaining and talking about, you know, the the history of witchcraft and witches, there's like this statue of like hell, but it's like a live, like moving piece. Yeah. Like, there's like flames and stuff. And it is so cool looking. Yeah. And the, the director, Benjamin Christensen, played Satan. I saw that after the fact, which Satan also, whenever there is Satan, he's like, has his tongue out and he's like wiggling it. And it is so funny and creepy at the same time. Absolutely. I love Satan. Mm -hmm. I loved it. It was a part of my be real today. If you don't have be real, find me on there. I think I'm just Brandy Joe. But Mm -hmm. be real is something like once a day, you get a notification that says, all right, be real. You have the next two minutes. And you can really do it whenever. But you take a picture and it takes a picture of what's in front of you and then of your face. And that's like the image. So if you've seen like pictures with like a picture and then another little picture in the upper left-hand corner, Uh that's be real. But today I was watching... Hoxon and I, I have the devil up and yeah, that's, that's cool. Yeah, because the devil looks so fucking cool. You also see Pazuzu in the beginning, mm-hmm. right? Is that actually Pazuzu? Is that the name of that demon? Yeah. Like this is the beginning of the Exorcist? Yeah, Pazuzu is a deity from like ancient Sumeria. Okay. So, yeah, the, those statues are real. They do exist. That's what those statues look like. Like the one in the Exorcist is a replication of actual statues uh, from like the Middle East, from like, you know, archaeological dig sites and stuff like that. So yeah, Pazuzu's real people. He was, okay. he was, he was out there once. And it, then there's like this image where it's like, here's an image of a, of a witch milking an ax handle. And it's like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like there's a witch milking a, 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 an ax handle. Like, I'm just like, what does that, what? 
<laughs> the sexual tension in this witchcraft stuff is crazy. <laughs> oh my god, there's just so much weird stuff. And when they get into the like the reenactments, I mean, definitely they must have had, uh, you know, a, a, a smallish budget. I mean, it was probably before there were budgets really for film. They probably just had to round up what was ever in their bank accounts or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like they use the same like house fronts, like you see that for multiple different stories because mm-hmm. they kind of tell different stories and then some stories go on forever. Like the one about, um, uh, what was her name? Uh, Maria the Weaver. Mm-hmm. That goes on forever. So there's like this guy who falls sick and they're like, well, surely he must be possessed. And then like the Maria the Weaver, this old woman comes in to eat some food and she's scarfing it down and she's rude. And so they're like, she must be the witch. (laughs) So they like capture her and torture her. And then she sells everyone down the river because they're torturing her. And it just goes on and on. And it's like, oh my fucking God. Like it, it, but it does. And I know we talked about it a little bit with um, the general which fight the general which general which finder general yeah but like this is so insane how things went down because it just was this constant spiral of blaming someone and then that person blaming other people i think all in hopes that they would get out of what they were involved with Mm -hmm. and then you're really just yeah yeah generally sadly it just turned into now we're gonna kill all of you is usually what happens and they say in the end that over 8 million people were burned as witches. And I don't know if that's true or not, but if it is, that's insane. Yeah, I, I think some numbers are inflated, but there was a lot of people that suffered at the hands of these witch trials and things like that through, uh, throughout Europe. A lot of this uh, movie is based on the book, The Malleus Maleficarum, uh, which was a guidebook textbook from like medieval Europe that witch hunters used where it was supposed to be a collection of all the like, this is what witches do. This is the nature of witchcraft and black magic and blah, blah, blah. And like, here's how you torture them. It was like a guidebook used by witch hunters. Um, So that's where a lot of this, that knowledge comes from as, as to like what they would do or supposedly do. Yeah. And I thought I knew most of the torture devices, but there is a section where he's like, here's some of the ways they tortured people who were, you know, claimed to be witches or, you know, accused of being witches. And some of those I had not seen. Like there's one where they put each of your legs in in, like ropes, like with pieces of wood on either side, sort of holding your legs in place. And then they take and they wrap all that together. So your legs are sort of like together, but then they like wedge this piece of wood between your legs and like hammer it in so that like it tightens and probably cracks your bones and breaks your legs. Like it was so horrible. And then there was one where like you put your thumbs in and it like tightens on your thumbs and they're like, this is like a minimal one. And they're like, the model we used for this wanted to actually try it. So we did. And you see her like, stop, stop. Uh Yeah, it's, it's good Lord. And then there's lots of footage that's really cool, like the imagery and like the reenactments. Like there's a part where like this woman talks about how she's had the devil's babies and they show her like giving birth and all these like creepy figures like coming out from underneath the birthing blanket. Mm -hmm. And there is... um, like the there's like a little demon that like crawls its way through a door like there's this whole segment with coins and the coins do all of these things that they did with like reverse reversal filming mm-hmm. and, and stop motion and it does some really cool creative things that are just like oh my god that looks so neat yeah 
I love that. And then there's this footage of witches flying, and it's sort of like a blue, like it sort of looks blue. And I swear I've seen that somewhere. Like I think imagery in this has been used multiple places. I know for sure that the images of the devil uh in here have popped up in like other things i know the clip of him all like like goofy like you know beckoning to her to come uh out of bed and to him like i've seen that in other movies i just can't pinpoint it so and this is on hbo max i didn't watch it there i was watching it on my tv which my tv upstairs doesn't have that and so but the one i watched the music was not great like the music always felt like jaunty and happy and mm. i was like some of these segments surely the music could be better okay so, did you did you watch it on hbo max yeah on hbo max they used a lot of uh beethoven okay like there's a there's they used like actual classical music that um i think there was a blurb at the end of it too that said they they tried to create a score because, because uh, on HBO Max's Criterion's print of it, their restoration, um, and they tried to recreate the score based on what they know about the sheet music that was used at um, uh, actual screenings of it. So, yeah, there was a lot of Beethoven and like Bach and stuff like that in their pieces. And it would be really cool to see like an update of this because at the end they're like, well, now in modern ages, when a woman goes a little. I don't know, a little bit out of her mind or whatever. Yeah. Like it, it's hysteria. And so probably throughout the ages, they weren't witches. They were, they just had hysteria. And then they're like, poor little hysterical witch. <laughs> yeah. Which of course, hysteria was just a catch all term for like all kinds of uh, mental illness and yeah, mental illness that they didn't understand at the time. So it's probably like a whole bunch of different things uh, that these people suffered from that made them act unusual. Uh, and so they must be a witch is where uh, the theory would be that a lot of these uh, witch hunts and witch trials was actually dealing with people that were suffering from various ailments that weren't understood. And like, of course, with like communism, like that was like a big sort of witch hunt that was very similar to this. Just the pointing of fingers was enough to get you in trouble. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, in the 80s, Satanic Panic was also very similar to this, which is so yep. crazy. And it's like, where's the next one? Because surely it's like around the corner. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. People it always pops up. Yeah, it's uh, just something to do with communal fear people have, I guess, of the other outsider. And like, I'm sure some of the people truly believe this. And I'm sure some people really knew what was going on and were like, I can manipulate this situation mm -hmm. to get this person killed. Much like Matthew Hopkins himself, the Witchfinder General, where all you have to do is look at the history and realize, oh, he was just a con man that, you know, worked the system to be like, oh, I get to kill people and get paid for it. Cool. I'll do that. It's so wild and so messed up and just yeah. so fascinating and then of course people you know would admit it because they were hoping that that would mean that they didn't have to die <laughs> but i bet they always did mm -hmm. and there's this weird thing with like um kissing the devil's ass to like show him respect yeah it's like I was, this is so but, wild yeah i was thinking is that where the phrase kiss ass comes from you think i wondered that yep because they were like yeah the main thing was like they had to kiss the devil's butt to <laughs> And there's this like video, one of the reenactments is a bunch of women coming up and this like figure sort of bent over yeah. and they're all kissing its butt. Yep. 
And you're like, yeah, I wonder if Kiss Ass came from that. So yeah, no, it is just it's a wild film and really cool and fascinating. There's lots of really great things about it. I think it's a really good, good, good film. Yeah, I've uh, I've described this and recommended this movie to people over the years. Um, that uh, it, it's a hard sell when you just try to explain it to someone when you're like, it's a silent film documentary about witches and i don't know a lot most people i tell that to are like that sounds weird or i can't even imagine what that means so you just kind of have to see it to believe it that's what this is one of those kind of movies have you watched this silent film called a page of madness i've heard of it okay they talk about it on it's only a podcast and i put it on my watch list because it sounds pretty fascinating yeah, I know it's a Japanese silent film that's yes. supposed to be pretty wild. Yeah, it looks really bizarre, but cool. Yeah, I want to check that out. Yeah. So, yeah, I've watched a lot of silent films since I've yeah. met you. And I'm probably going to give you a few more. I've still, got, <laughs> I've still got some in the arsenal that I think are worth checking out. So Nice. But yeah, this... Uh, uh, oh, uh, that's what I was going to say. The 75-minute version, and I've I've seen that version once in college uh and that was a recut that was done in like the 70s or 80s i don't know but if somebody recut the movie using a bunch of the sequences from it uh of course losing a lot of them because you're chopping out like half the movie when you get it down to 75 minutes but that version has a narration by william s burroughs the uh Hmm. you know the author of naked lunch and junkie and uh uh, you know, he was quite the maniac himself. So it's a pretty trippy narration he gives it. And it's got like a rock music score over that one. So uh, it, I think it's worth a watch as an oddity. I don't think it's as good or as impactful as the original version is, but it's it's uh, kind of worth uh, checking out at least a little bit of it. And I wondered if, because it kept saying like to be continued and then it would go right into the next part. That was the continuation. So I wondered if it had been initially like split up into different parts and shown somehow. Yeah, I wonder, yeah, if they did just screenings of just chunks of it and people came back, you know, each week or whatever to watch it, or or if there were like intermissions in there, maybe because sure, movie yeah, yeah. going, uh, you know, theater going habits have changed pretty dramatically over the years. So yeah, 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 but yeah, definitely a cool flick. Yeah, so if unless you got anything else to add, I don't. Uh, I'll say out of five uh uh waggling devil tongues. <laughs> How many do you give it? I'm going to give it 4. Me too. Oh my god, get oh out my, of my head. Oh my god. Another scare of approval. Scare of approval right there. Yeah. Oxen. 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 And at the end it's like slut. Which <laughs> the captions underneath say the end. I'm like, okay, after talking about poor little hysterical witches, and then you end the movie with slut. Slut, which I, yeah, I, I do believe that's Swedish for end, but there you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think the first time I saw that, I went, wait a minute, what? <laughs> slut. So silly. We'll come back and join us again next week for more thrills and chills. <laughs> Mm-hmm. we're coming we're coming for you we are indeed and f- please write us scaring sharing at gmail.com let us know what you thought of these movies let us know what your end of the year lists were for 2022 what you're most looking forward to all 
of the things. Yeah, I definitely want to hear that from people because this is a big year for horror movies. It looks like like they are loading us up with yeah all kinds of releases this year. So they really are. Also, you can follow us on Instagram, scaring and sharing. Did I give our email address? I don't know. Scaring and sharing at gmail.com. Just just write us, okay? Yeah, Would you, you please? Can, you can never say it enough. Scaring and sharing at gmail.com. <laughs> and um, you know. Hail Paymon. That's what I got to say. Remember, guys, food's a little funny at the Clown Cafe. So That's right. And keep watching and talking about scary movies because... Scaring is sharing! That's right. Bye! Scaring is sharing. Scaring is sharing. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.